And now we are live here on the Podbean app. I am Patrick with Danny Danger. As always, the question is, Danny, will anyone else show up? I think that is the big question this week as, as our other two uh, co-hosts are are both gave us the maybe um, for this week. So it might just be uh, the old school, Patrick and uh, Danny Danger, the yellow man and the yellow man and the danger uh, here to talk this week's wrestling news. How are you doing this week, Patrick? Uh, I'm, I'm great. I'm, uh, you know, I, as I was thinking about it, it's like, man, not, not a lot going on today, which, uh, or at least this week. Uh, it, well, not, not in the wrestling need. world, at least. Yeah. yeah, not in the wrestling world. It's... I, you know, we had some big shows in the last several weeks, so I think now things are uh, a little more calm, a little more subdued, um, you know, as we're kind of building to the next big events. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely been a, an interesting time right now with everything going on in the world. Uh, but what we are certain about is that uh, sports entertainment is um, – it's still alive, and there's still lots going on. But yeah, thankfully, uh, a, a somewhat uneventful week, and I feel like, uh, you know, we 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 still got some stuff to talk about. Uh, yes, but, yes, we do. Yeah, we, of course, we'll, we'll, the main event, of course, is Shawn Michaels because there's only one Mr. Ma- WrestleMania, the main event. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. But well, he, yeah. he is he is your pick for the, for our our series here of uh of looking back at past superstars. So I know you'll have a whole lot to say about that. Um, when, well, look when the time comes. I mean, I mean, we gave what twenty five years of Triple H in one hour. Well, or that's true. Friend. So who knows how much we'll give this guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a couple of things on my mind right now. I think. The, the biggest focus uh, that I would say is uh, NXT. NXT was uh, it was quite a show this week. Uh, of course, we saw uh, the Garganos uh, again uh, battling with Keith Lee and Mia Yim uh, as the ladies uh, were one-on-one action. But, uh, of course, Johnny got involved and um, that brought out Keith Lee uh, so, and of course, they'll be facing each other at NXT TakeOver in your house. Uh, but quite some interesting matches. Rizango become number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team Championships by defeating uh, Undisputed Era and uh, Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. Uh, I, you know. I like the new gear for them. It's very interesting. Looks like they look kind of like astronauts. It's definitely out of this world. That I will, yes, I will agree with yes. you on that. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. You know, they're they're always on the fashion forward end of things. Um, so I, I like the new the new entrance look. I thought it was kind of it was something different for them. Um, you know, as they kind of make their return, to, they they've kind of been on the NXT roster a little bit, but it seems we hadn't seen them in in the last couple months. So making much of them the last couple months. So they're making their return. I think that's good. But as of now, that match is not scheduled for TakeOver. Nope. It is not. I, I it, we will bad. not see them 
in a takeover match just yet for the tag titles. Right. Interestingly enough, though, I, I did they, I, I, like you. I liked it. Uh, I, I did like uh, to see uh, Birch and Lorikin get another uh, shot here. They continue to yes. get highlighted. They're like becoming almost like the workhorse tag team now. Look, here's the thing, though. Let's say they do get called eventually to the main roster because yeah. at some point all t- everybody will get called unless they really want to stay in NXT, right? Yeah, uh, but yeah. I think these guys will get a shot. Now, as soon as how the revival went, uh, how do you yeah. think that these two guys, because these two guys are two very serious professional wrestlers, uh, so many could say they could be somewhat like a revival. Uh, I have my own thoughts about it and contrast, but how, how do you see them faring uh, in, in the main roster once Vince gets a, a hold of these people? Uh, I mean, it's realistically the way that, um, I mean, it could go with anybody and everybody, I guess, is it could go one of two ways. It could go really well or it could go really poorly, you know? And like, I mean, that's, of course, like I said, that's, you can say that about everybody, but well would be, like you said, very revival-esque, you know, as they're, they're very hard-nosed, not a lot of flash. The guys kind of look the same. It's all about in-ring results, but they're not really that big. You know, they're technically both cruiserweights. They're both on the two. They were both on the two hundred five live brand, um, right. you know, and they've been in the NXT Tag Team Championship picture. But um, you know, I could see them, you know, getting some good matches, having some good matchups, or it could go. They literally go up to the main roster and just become kind of the 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 their the the underdog good guys who just kind of get fed to to the big bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, you know, even that isn't necessarily a bad thing because that could build them up to an eventual big win. You right. know, similar to we've seen several other underdog tag teams of the past. You know, guys who were undersized, who weren't really the biggest, but but somehow managed to to fight through and get the win. Yeah, uh, I do. Th- I think that to me, what I see as a difference between uh, Birch and Lorikin and. Uh, the artist formerly known as The Revival, uh, is that I can see Birch and Lorcan actually going along with the foolery that Vince can come up with. Uh, I may, you know, I know that they can be very serious wrestlers, but I think they, I could see them be more on the entertaining side at times. I can see that I mean, Oni Oni is fairly entertaining if you follow yeah. him on Twitter. Um, he's very he's you know he's very entertaining on Twitter, and he talks about you know he he yells everything. He talks in all caps without punctuation, like he's an old person. And you know he talks about him and Danny going out and having some Irish car bombs, and then you know then going then getting in a fight. Mm-hmm. So I could see where they kind of do that into into a funny thing, like have them be kind of like the the underdog APA, basically. They just drink, basically. They just go out there and they drink and then they go fight. Right. They have some drinks, they go fight, and then if they lo- win or lose, they go. They still go have some more drinks. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, uh, uh, at the, at the Raiders, right, uh, as far as how they've come in and now they're like doing all these skits, you know, with yeah, uh, the Street Profits. Uh, yeah, even the, and you, somebody you think, serious, well, you think the Viking yeah. Raiders, yeah. Yeah, so you would think, oh, maybe that you know, they're, surely they're not going to do that. But you know, they're, they're having fun, you know. And I think you know, for Vince, uh, 
it is as much entertainment as it is of course uh, a sport now yeah the the thing is that sometimes he can go over the top and oh you, know, you don't say but you know people either believe in the system and go along with it and make the best of it or they can have a bad attitude and uh, it, it can suck or they can out outright say that's not, I don't want to do that and yeah they move on right each yeah. to each their own they have the right to make whatever choice they, they they do make but as far as you know these guys because I could definitely see them being like you said yeah like you know uh, a, a different version of uh, the APA I, I could see them going you know imagine lurking in a bar in Boston that's just, that, 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 that's right there exactly yeah. where, where, you know, he, where he would thrive. They would, and yep. And I, then I think when you go to the UK, you have, yeah. you have them in a bar. You have them in a bar in London, you know. Can you see him try to replicate the ropes in London? Can you see him try to replicate like the Boston Tea Party? Go to some dock in the middle of the night and just have like a bar fight and dump people out. And just, uh, and, yeah. And see. Yeah, and it's just, I, I can see him do that. Depending on the imagination, depending on how far both guys are willing to take it, you know, they could do a lot of a lot of funny stuff. Some of it could be kind of too silly, but that's the fine line you you, yeah. you ride in sports entertainment, you know. I mean, look, wasn't that supposed to be the thing for the new day? They, they were going to come in as a it, it was gonna be a really comedy, jokey, over the top, ridiculous act, and they mm-hmm. actually made something out of it, you know. Yeah, probably likely one of the top five greatest tag teams in WWE history, and you know with all the title tag team title rates, and not only that, but you know let's not forget Cody. I mean Cody Kofi, uh, a former now former WWE champion. You know it just shows like you just gotta make the best out of the situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And the and the new day is still young. There could there could be greater heights for them to ascend to. But yeah, they it just shows that sometimes if you you roll with something enough, you can turn it into something yeah. meaningful. I guess turn it into something bigger than what it was originally intended to be. Right. Yeah. You, you just gotta you just gotta get you get invisible. You gotta get over. And the thing yeah. is, if you don't enjoy something, it's not gonna get over. It's gonna tell. Uh, People are gonna yeah. be able to tell. Yeah. But if you're not putting I, I everything know. into it. I think they could do well and, you know, get get that. That, that would be a fun tag team to watch in there. But, again, ha- happy to see them now. Uh, you know, of course, uh, sad news coming out of uh, uh, the NXT brand is, uh, well, maybe not necessarily the NXT, but the Robert Stone brand as uh, he got fired uh, on NXT TV this past uh, Wednesday. Chelsea yeah. Green realized her brand is so big now, she doesn't need him. And yeah. he was, he's desperate to find new talent that he went to Aaliyah. Um, that's how desperate he was. Well, there you um, know. I know. That's how desperate they were that they put Aaliyah on TV. But, yeah, it was great. It's good. That, you know, I, I hope that this means more. we'll see a lot more uh, stuff out of Chelsea Green. Shows has been a favorite of ours, and I think – she she will definitely she's one of those women that will thrive. We've seen uh what she's been able to do uh in the entertainment part of sports entertainment when she was in this yeah. yeah. 
as going to the hot, going to getting married and then kind of going to the hot mess character where she just kind of like lost it into drinking copious amounts of champagne and kind of went crazy and, and was wearing that wedding dress for, for months and months. Um, so we know what she's capable of now. It's just, can she, can she replicate that or surpass that um, in WWE? Yeah. And I, I was a little shocked to see, you know, her and Robert Stone split up seemingly so quickly. I mean, it's only been a handful of weeks on TV together. Yeah. So I didn't, you know, but I guess that leads for more of, uh, you know, Robert Stone trying to find new clients to possibly derail, uh, you know, Chelsea's success or Mm -hmm. somebody else he can, he can rise up to the top with. I mean, so he, you know, to be the former Robbie E, I think he's a guy who can, who's shown too what you can do with a bad character. You know, realistically, right. he shouldn't have... Robbie E's character shouldn't have gone on as long as it did with, no. you know, basically being a ripoff of Jersey Shore, but because he threw his whole heart into it and because it's a he's a a, a great in-ring competitor, mm-hmm. he took what, what should have been a gimmick for, like, only a few weeks and made it last a long time. So I'm, right. I'm interested to see what he can do as Robert Stone um, for a longer period of time. Yeah. It'd be interesting if at the end of this thing, uh, Robert Stone decides he is going to find talent and he becomes a talent of his own and joins the Himself? 205 That's, brand. Yeah, that could yeah, be a spot right. there. Yeah, very true. As long as the, the uh, as long as uh, the 205 Live uh, brand remains a thing, uh, which still right now a thing. Well, 205 Live is is basically like the secondary show, though. They will. On the show, you'll see one or two matches, you know, that are kind of like TV storylines. And then you'll see whatever big storyline match happened from NXT. They'll then replay on 205. Or sometimes they've even replayed stuff that happened on Raw. Here's the main event from this past week's Raw, you know, Mm -hmm. the main event segment and stuff. So it's the 205 Live show is kind of becoming like, like main event superstars, kind of that level since it's the NXT belt and it brings the focus back to NXT. Right. Um, well, it was nice also to see uh, Santana Garrett on the show. I know that, you know, I'm always, I always fear with all the uh, women, uh, you never know who's still employed, who's not these yeah. days. You don't see somebody, uh, you know, a long enough time, you may start getting worried. So, uh, you know, Santana Gary definitely one that uh, I think uh, if they invest on can can definitely um, be given, uh, a, you know, can do a lot. So it, it was good to see her on there because I, honestly, I totally forgot she was in the roster. I mean, I, I kind of forget she's on the roster sometimes too because it is so far between times you see her and – when when we have seen her since she's been signed, it's been in kind of in these enhancement type roles, you know, where she'll go out there and and kind of hit, you know, kind of do some of her stuff, but then at the same time, she's just there to kind of take the pinfall. Yeah. Now going back to the guys, the next, you know, on this Wednesday edition of NXT, we got to see uh, Cameron Grimes and Bronson Reed. Uh, Grimes picks up another win. Um, I, I I mean I love the former Trevor Lee. Always been a fan. I mean he's 
uh, especially with that title run that he had that was unprecedented uh, with CWF Mid-Atlantic and a great talent all around. I feel like he's somebody who they can really do a lot of things with. And, you know, even with, you know, and his character also is slightly different, like this whole, like, carny character that he seems to portray. Uh, yeah. He's got a good but look. He's not, he's, he's not, like, freak show type carny. Like, he's, like, no. he's he's the guy who's pulling the pulling the, the gear to keep the, the Ferris right. wheel roller. Like, he's that kind of, he's more like a modern carny than, a, than, like, in the past where we've seen, like, you know, Kizarni was the carny guy, but he was, like, right. the carnival freak show versus, like, the traveling carnival kind of hillbilly yeah. kind of, you know, country boy kind of thing. Yeah. What I like about Grimes is that, I mean, he has his age uh, Yeah, on he's his still side, really young. And he's yeah. so talented. And, you know, he has a bright future. And, again, somebody, again, that we know can be entertaining. Uh, yeah. And... Well, he's he's done fairly well since coming to NXT. You know, I mean, he fell short in the uh, the oh, goodness the, the the breakout tournament. Yeah, you know, he he fell short in that. But ever since then, he's gotten big wins over decent people. You know, he's gotten big wins over over some of his other kind of up and coming type people. You know, he had the feud with Damian. Uh, you know, he was fighting with Damian Priest, and he's fighting with Dijakovic, and so he's, like, mixed it up with some of the big guys, and he still always ends up looking good, still gets a lot of wins. His, you know, his uh, stomp finish, I, I still think it's just a great-looking move. I always yeah. enjoyed that. Even before it was, like, a finish of his, I, I it was one of my favorite moves in his his repertoire. Yeah. Um, but he's somebody who definitely could could go far in NXT. Um, you know, I mean, as... As the up as the the upper tier kind of moves on or moves away, um, you know, I definitely see he's a guy who could who could fill a top spot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, of course, big, big wins over guys like Tony Nese, Finn Balor, Dexter Loomis, Dominic Dijak, yeah, Jakovic. Okay, I keep forgetting that name. Dijakovic. Uh, yeah, you know what? It's whatever. Okay, it's the accent's on the wrong syllable when Look, you say it. Tomato, tomato, right? You know, I mean, kind of, but when it's a person's name, it's different. All right, so so let, let's uh, okay, uh, <laughs> Dijakovic. There you go, there you go, okay. you got it, Dijakovic. I'm probably gonna forget You're by learning. next week. Yeah, you'll probably forget by next in the next ten minutes, possibly. Uh, but yeah, I definitely. Thing that big things are happening. Uh, it, it's just a matter of time. Uh, but our main event on NXT TV this week, of course, was the finals of the NXT Cruiserweight title. Of course, this is to name an interim champion uh, because the current champion is uh, uh, far, far away at home, stuck, unable stuck to in come Ireland. to the U.S. Yeah. yeah. So... You know, what do you do? Uh, this is very interesting. I think that the first time that the WWE has done an like interim in- champion in this in this way. Yeah, I mean they've they've done they've done different things with it, but uh, but yeah, I definitely think this is the first time I can think of having an an interim champion rather than just stripping the champion and then and then awarding to a new. Yeah, it, it shows a 
uh, that they still have a lot of big plans for uh, for Devlin, but yeah. B, they want to give somebody else a huge chance here. Uh, yeah, while well, they have time and opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And in, in a match that was very emotional for many reasons, right? Uh, between Elijo de Fantasma and Drake Maverick, um, ended up with Elijo de Fantasma winning the match, uh, becoming the interim NXT Cruiserweight champion. Uh, but I think the real winner might have been Drake Maverick. I mean, he definitely uh, won something, you know, quite, quite a, uh, that he'd, he'd wanted for so long, you know, was that, and he, that champ, you know, the, the contract, he wanted to be employed by WWE again. You know, he, he did his very uh, emotional video about finding out when he was fired, you know, and how WWE was always his dream place to be, to wrestle, and he, you know. And, and he had that dream, and he felt he was doing well, and then he to be released like he was, he felt he, he still had a lot more to give um, the WWE Universe. And, he sh- you know, he showed out for, you know, really, really well in this uh, tournament. And he, you know, by doing that, he, he essentially, he didn't win the, the championship. He didn't win the interim championship, but he earned what he wanted all along, and that was the, uh, the contract. For an NXT contract now, so rather than a manager, rather than a general manager, he's actually has a contract as a performer for the NXT brand. You know, rest, wrestling with the Two Hundred Five Live division, um, rather than rather than leading Two Hundred Five Live, he is now competing in that division. Uh, a very emotional moment for him, but uh, a wonderful one. You know, that just shows how how real wrestling moments can be sometimes. You know. Yeah. Now, honestly, what do you think about this? Was it a work? Was the, was this a work? Was this the plan all along, or do you think that maybe no, maybe they they changed their minds based on uh, the WWE universe and seeing this the passion of this guy? Maybe they said, "Hey, we can give you one more chance," and he proved yeah. something to them. Uh, you know. I don't really know because his his emotion when he found out he got fired seemed very genuine. It seemed very real, um, you know. I mean, yet again, greater actors have, have fooled many a people, and I don't know how good his acting skill is because if he was acting, that's like – I mean, that's very high-level stuff there, you know, um, in that first video. And then the sec- you know, then second when Triple H gave him the – the contract and he was essentially crying while signing his name on the contract, which he didn't read, by the way, you always read a contract. Okay. Um, but, uh, so, you know, I think it, I don't know. I really don't know. I think there's some truth to it. I think he was let go. And I think your, your reasoning kind of like, you know, they said, okay, blah, blah, we'll give, you know, we'll give you one more chance, you know, as a wrestler, we haven't really tried you as a wrestler. You know, regularly on WETV, we'll see how the people take to you. We'll see how you know social media reacts to all to your you know to your firing video to you wrestling. We'll see how everybody reacts, and maybe we'll bring you back. So I think yeah. there was kind of this this middle of the road. It wasn't entirely fake, but I think he was really fired. And then they said, okay, maybe we'll give you one more chance in a different capacity. See what see what you do. See how we like you. See how people take to you, and maybe we'll give you another shot. 
Yeah, I, I, I do think so as well. I think that they they did get the opportunity to to give them a chance to say, hey, let's see what you can do. Uh, let's yeah. see what, you know, because, you know, who knows what that, you know, could that first video have been uh, part of the gimmick? Sure, it could have been. And yeah, it would have fooled, it did fool everybody because it was a very uh, emotional video. And you could tell that he really cared. And so if he fooled us, great. But if he didn't fool us, you know, if he did, he did, he did feel this way, you know, I, of course, we know everybody went crazy with the video. So yeah. it's possible to literally say, okay, well, we're going to give you a few more matches. Let's see what kind of reaction you get on the social media. And yeah, you know what? Let, let's be honest, though. That one of the most interesting things about NXT the, this last few weeks has been those final three matches, uh, which, you know, turned out to be five matches uh, for Drake Maverick. And yeah. I, I I think that that did, you know that that was to me I felt like man I was always watching what's going on you know we even thought at one point we were all discussing this was all pre taped right. before he was fired so he's no longer employed just all residual yeah are they paying him per appearance at this point like how where exactly does his contract status lie yeah so which uh, I think is a good thing you want yeah. to have that aspect of guessing of not really knowing sometimes what's real and what's what's you know, part of the story. It's a still good story, and I think that that's something that everybody needs right now. Uh, yeah, and to get a victory, right for for the for the little person, for yeah, uh, those who who are always down and you know kicked down and kept down. And I think that you know he pulled everybody's emotional strings, uh, you know, and. Hey, if it was all planned, great. It was uber entertaining. If it wasn't, I love it. You know, part of me was to think that yes, uh, WWE does have a heart. That there's a heart behind the machine, and <laughs> they decided to give this guy a chance. Look, we all remember, you know, the first ever cruiserweight uh, tournament, and that you know, you know, the Cedric match and the post match. Uh, you know, you know that was in, in in the script, and that played a big part into Cedric getting signed. You know, uh, yeah. as, as far as we understand it. Uh, but you know, I think eventually he would have been signed anyways. But I think that showed right there that there was something special, which there is something very special about Cedric Alexander, and they it, it proved it right there. Uh, so. I definitely do think Vince, as much as he may be quote unquote out of touch, I don't think he's out of touch with what people want. I think that he has a vision for what he wants his product to be. And, you know, for the most part, people enjoy it. And, you know, he plays to mainly to one crowd. Uh, and right now, those are the kids. And,. He makes a lot of money of the merchandise, you know. And you look at WrestleMania; it's usually a, you know, a big payoff. And I think there's a lot of different things. And look at what they're doing now; they're offering like almost the whole WWE network for free to 
everybody uh, who doesn't, who's not already paying for a subscription. I, I continue to pay for my subscription. I'm not going to cancel and send it for a free version. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll do my part. But, you know, I, I think that there's a method to his madness. The madness doesn't make sense all the time. And even sometimes I am dumbfounded by what's going on. But at the end of the day, I'm not trying to defend Vince McMahon, the person, but let's let's look at the track record here. I don't think that uh, WWE is going to anytime soon die. And when of Vince McMahon eventually decides to sell it, if it will be for billions of dollars, so he can go home and finally take the vacation that he never took in his life. <laughs> yeah, since since wrestling has no off season, there's no time for uh, poor poor boss to take a vacation. Shucks, what yeah. are you going to do with all that money when you can't take a vacation? Everybody feels yeah. sorry for him. Well, uh, somebody I don't feel sorry for uh, is. Uh, the people still missing by being uh, uh, who were abducted by the luchadors. Uh, yeah, who's still missing? Is it? Uh, uh, well, BJ Z. Was BJC's character? Uh, I know he changed, right? Uh, um, Joaquin Wild. Yeah, so he's still Joaquin missing. Wild. Okay. And then but Rio de Fantasma returned. Yes. And so it was. The- so Raul, uh, Raul, oh, Raul was Mendoza was the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So those okay. two are still missing. MIA. Now, though, they did yeah. make an appearance during the Maverick Hijo de Fantasma match. It looks like they tried to help El Hijo de Fantasma. So uh, maybe there's a functioning of a group there somehow. Possibly. They were all brainwashed by the same person. Yeah. Maybe this is NXT's version of the Lucha House Party of the, of the Dark Order. Yeah, well, they no, all, it's, it was it's, like a cult. They're all washed into. Yeah, they got kidnapped and brainwashed. Might be interesting. Yeah, it's, well, I, you know, I don't that's, know if it's going cool anywhere to or not. It, it might be one of those. Uh, it might be one of those gimmicks that's kind of forgotten about. You know. Well, I, I mean, NXT think they forgot about still it. Is, NXT technically still is developmental, so. It's possible that they try something, go, yeah, no, we don't like this after all, and then just hope everybody forgets about it. That's true. Uh, it's also very possible they just decided to play with it, mess with it, and see how it happens. Until they, you know, they, they probably have uh, an end goal for this, and then they just probably see filling it out, and eventually, whenever they feel the time is right, bring it up. I do feel like that the, the time is coming. But there's going to be a group of people who are going to move over to the main roster. Um, and there's going to be a lot of faces coming up. Uh, I, I feel like there's a time. Right now, we're in the middle transition period. Yeah. Uh, but let, let, let's uh, let's kind of get there once we go over our uh, – after we do our predictions for NXT TakeOver in your house. Um, and so here we go. In no particular order. Happening a week from last Sunday. Love saying that. Uh, Holly. Li- live on uh, on demand on the WWE Network. Uh, it is the first ever in your house since, what, 1999? Uh, when they had a Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. In 1999 so, was the last in your house pay-per-view. 
So here we are, uh, many years later. Uh, I already forgot how many. 21. 21 years? There we go. 21 yeah. years. Mathematics was never a big strength of mine. Uh, yeah. But here we go. In no particular order, Tommaso Ciampa versus Karrion Cross with uh, Scarlet. I guess they, they she already got the drop the last name treatment. Maybe, maybe so. Already? She's just Scarlet. Yeah. N not even Scarlet Cross. Well, Scarlet no. Cross would have been kind of cool. I mean, I that is kind of cool, yeah. I guess she's Scarlet. just Scarlet. Already. Yeah, you didn't even get to the main roster before they dropped you down to one name. That's, that's how quickly they were ready to get rid of Bordeaux. Yeah. Um, uh, so who do you like in this one? I, I think you got to go with Cross in this one. And even if it is kind of under, you know, with a little bit of chicanery maybe from Scarlet's interference or a ref bump, um, I think you got to go with Cross because you want to build him up to Ciampa's level. It does more for Cross to lose this match than it does for Ciampa to win. Um, it would hurt Karrion Cross a lot more if he lost. When you're trying to build him up, especially if... I mean, Ciampa said he wanted to stay in NXT because he realizes he probably only has a couple years left in his career after his neck surgery. Um, but you want Karrion Cross to feel like he's on par with Ciampa. And if Ciampa just runs right through him, then all that big build for, for Karrion and his big entrance and all that seems like just... just a smoke show. Ha 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 ha. See how I did that with Scarlet, the smoke yeah. show, etc. Yes. See, I took your, your advice and I went and did something silly like that. Um, that, that that's, that's something I would definitely do. Yes. Yeah. So, so I think, I think you have to go with cross in this one. I, I definitely do agree. Um, you know, all that pump uh, uh, circumstance here that they, they, they've gone big with, uh, carry crosses, um, debut and the image and the presentation that's the word i was looking for uh so they, they want to see this rise and rise and you know cross a very big menacing person at least that's what he looks like right now right um yeah it, it you know against chiampa who's there who you know who may just be a gatekeeper at this point you know uh possible, somebody yeah. you know a guy who, you know, I, I like always to think about guys like Jake Roberts, right? Who were like mind wise, like psychologically were there. They knew how to yeah. get best things. You know, I think Ciampa is that kind of character. He's like very smart and he can do the psychology day part real good. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe the injuries, his age, where he's at in, in life right now. And the way that you know, just the the machine is turning. Maybe that's the best role for him, right? Uh, maybe him and um, and Gargano will never uh, move to the main role. I mean, they, I think they'll eventually make appearances. They like they will, but I think like maybe like their feud and the injuries kind of like put him in a different place. But I think definitely, yeah, Karen Cross for the win against Ciampa come in. Uh, he's already looked great and a big win over a big name like Chiampa. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai uh, for the NXT Women's Championship. I want to say Io, 
but I think Charlotte retains. I don't think, um, I don't think Charlotte loses the belt just yet. So I want EO to be the champion. I like the character. I, I don't. Yeah, I I like the new character that she's had, um, but I don't think she's going to win it right here. So I think Charlotte retains in this. Yeah, I I, I think that Charlotte drops the belt. Uh, I think uh, my heart says Io, but my mind says Rhea. Okay, so you think uh, the Charlotte so- lose the belt by like not getting pinned? Because it's, it's a triple threat but, it, match. Yeah, it's very possible. Does Rhea, does Rhea beat EO? Make EO tap out or something? Something. And that's how I, she wins it? Yeah, I, I think something's going to happen like that where one of the two other women will take advantage and take take the W. Uh, I mean, Flair, of course, she's going to look great and she's going to get over. But, you know, we're I think we're going to see here a title change. I think... With the point of her being the champion was to uh, help raise uh, the women in NXT, you know, because all the bigger names are already moving over to the main roster, and this needs to elevate some more the women. Uh, and I think that this helps it. And yeah, either Ripley or Shirai with a big win here, winning the belt. Uh, definitely does great things for the women's roster and the women's division of NXT. So I, I, I'm going to go with Ripley just okay. because uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think, I mean, Io should be the champion, but, you know, I, I don't know if they would do her and Asuka champions at the same time. They could. I would love to see that. I would love to see... Oh, both women have the belts. Uh, yeah. But we shall see. Uh, we shall see. Next up, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. You know, you would like to say Finn Balor is, is kind of a no-brainer in this one, but I'm not really sure because the way that Finn Balor has been helping to elevate the younger talent in NXT. You know, you mentioned Cameron Grimes has a pinfall victory over Finn Balor. Um, you know, he and Johnny Gargano had the really good, you know, their really good match. And so I, I think I go with Damian Priest on this one just because, you know, he's Finn Balor is not the ordinary man who can do extraordinary things anymore. He's the prince. And, and, uh, and I think Damian Priest, you know, puts, puts him down. You know, I I'm also going with that one. I think that that for some reason, you know, they they've got Finn Balor in here, and I think the, what they're doing again, kind of with like Charlotte and Chubb, they're putting over these these new the names next, and the next grouping of of I, I think, talent. Yeah, yeah, and the way that they've been presenting Damien also, you know, you, you see that they they want to do something with him, and yeah, he, I think he's a big person there. Yeah. I think like he gets over, you know. But then you know, it's like hot and cold. If they're a big win over Balor, but who knows? Maybe they say, "Hey, they want to do more with Balor and set Priest out a little." We, we shall see. But yeah, I think Priest is definitely uh, the guy. And uh, for the uh, NXT North American Championship, Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano. 
think Lee hangs on to it. Um, you know, yeah, Gargano's going to try a lot of dirty tricks, but I think Keith Lee is going to see, going to be able to overcome all those dirty tricks and, uh, and retain the North American championship. Dude, I, I think we're in the same wavelength today. Uh, you must have gotten a hold of my co- of my copy of my prediction somehow. Yeah, um, yeah, that's but, it. I stole it off the internet. Yeah, uh, I need to change my password. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, Keith Lee, absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, I was still in awe of his uh, Royal Rumble um, uh, appearance uh, and how he fits so well in the main roster. Uh, I, I like to think that even with a win, he eventually he'll be closer to moving to the main roster sooner than later. Uh, but I could also see them get the belt on Johnny Gargano and have Keith Lee move on to bigger and better things. Uh, regardless, I think, yeah, no, I think Keith Lee wins the belt, uh, holds on a little bit longer, and then eventually moves on. Uh, six women tag match: Mia Yim, Chelsea Blackheart, and Tegan Knox versus Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. This looks to be a big grudge match uh, between the six women. It, it is, but I also kind of liked it. The way it appears to me is it's the next grouping of women. You know, you talked about the you know once Shayna kind of Shayna Baszler left it kind of almost put a hole in that division, you know, because Ember Moon was now gone and Shayna was now gone and, you know, anybody else apart from Rhea and, you know, who was kind of in, as a top contender is gone, um, is on to, you know, the main roster or they're taking time off or whatever. So Charlotte's here to elevate Rhea and Io in that match and show that they're the top level. But here's now that next crop. And these are the women, these are the next six women who are going to carry the division, you know, um, once Charlotte Flair leaves. So you have, you know, it is a grudge match, but I think it is also a showcase of, of what we can expect, you know, for the next six, nine, six months, nine months, year in the women's division of NXT. Um, I think, the, I think the good guys have to get some kind of retribution here. I think Mia Shotzi and Tegan have to get some kind of retribution against Candice Dakota and, Ra- and Raquel. Um, so I think the good guy team, you know, Shotzi's going to get her tank back, and Tegan's going to finally get some good revenge against Dakota Kai um, that actually holds true and sticks. And uh, and Mia shows shows them all the way as as the the veteran of the pack. Yeah, uh, I'm with you all 100. The baby faces for the win. Uh, the this women have uh, have had to deal with. Loray, Kai, and Gonzalez, uh, with you know, for the last few weeks, months, too long, and <laughs> yeah, and it's time for him to get some retribution, stand tall, um, and uh, nice to see Tegan Knox and the Kodakai healthy, knock yeah. on wood, for for long period of time. That's good, knock on wood indeed. Uh, but yeah, so let's uh, let's hope that that keeps on going. Uh, and well, that all leads us to uh, what looks to be our big be main, our main event. event. Yeah. yeah, the last chance a backlog brawl for the NXT Championship. If Velveteen loses, he can no longer challenge for the NXT Championship while Adam Cole is champion. 
Uh, Danny, your thoughts? I think Adam Cole wins. I think it. Well, I think it'll. First off, being that it's a backlot brawl, I think we may see a little bit of cinematic magic in there. Um, but you know, it's a backlot brawl, which means there are no rules. You know, Adam Cole's got the undisputed era, and none of those three guys have a match, so they should be all fresh and ready to help Adam Cole keep the well, belt against guys. Velveteen Dream. There's three. Yeah, yeah but. Uh... Technically, we got Riley on leave of absence. Oh, Riley is. Oh, yeah, that's true. He's he's on leave of absence because of his pre-existing conditions. Um, mm-hmm. So may, maybe they won't join him then. Maybe, maybe Adam Cole says, "I want to do this on my own." Um, but I still think Cole's going to win. I don't. I still don't really like Velveteen. He's he def, people like him. He gets over. He's to me. He's definitely more sports entertainer than wrestler, and that's why he just doesn't do a whole lot for me personally. Um, so I think Adam Cole wins. Velveteen Dream could probably be one of those guys who hops up to the main roster without having to hold the NXT Championship, um, and he could still find possibly find himself a good place. You never know. You never know how his character may have to change once it gets to gets onto Raw or SmackDown, um, because he can be a little little risque at times. You know, which is the point the point of his character. Um, is to kind of have that unpredictability element. Um, but I, I think Adam Cole wins and retains the uh, top position in NXT. Well, here's where you and I defer, my friend, uh, because I think Bevel um, Team will fulfill his dream of becoming NXT champion. See, see, I did it there. There you uh, go. Yeah, that was your thing, yeah. Uh, Adam, Adam Cole... Baby. Really? Yeah, Eric's not here to say it. Eric's not here to say it, so I had to. Okay. There you go. I just forgot. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, there's not he's not here. Yeah. Uh so I think they you know, they're making a huge deal about his long year reign. Uh I think they say they did a thing on social media, the Facebook thing on Sunday. Uh and I I think I think it's time. I think it's time to get that main roster. Uh, get the, the indisputable era. Get new T-shirts. Sell a lot of new T-shirts. Uh, you know, there's a huge fan base that you know in the WWE universe doesn't watch NXT, and probably doesn't know who the undisputed era. And WWE is clamoring for these people to buy those T-shirts. And there's a lot of money to be had, especially in this time where they can't have live shows. So uh, could they hold it off till they can have a live show? I'm sure. Uh, but you know what? If you can't uh, miss a chance for selling more T-shirts, I think that we will see um, the reign of Cole be over. And I think on the Spirit Era, we'll move on uh, to uh, bigger and better things uh, while the Velveteen Dream reign supreme over uh, the NXT universe. Okay. Which, which brings me to, okay, what what will happen to this roster? I mean, we have a stacked roster in, uh, on NXT. Um, so you don't think uh, the, the Undisputed Era is going is going home to the mid-roster anytime soon? I mean, when do you I don't think, think so. will be time? 
Uh, well, I think you got to wait till things are a little bit better. As you mentioned, Kyle's on a leave of absence. He's an integral part of that team. He was originally in the debut, you know, the three debut. You know, Roderick came in separately and joined the group later. So I think you have to have Kyle there because Kyle and Bobby are the team or or Kyle and, and Cole are the team, you know, or Roderick and Kyle. You know, those are those have been the combinations of tag team title holders of the Undisputed Era. It's always been Kyle. And so I think that you have to have Kyle there. Um, so whenever he feels things are safe enough and healthy enough for him, I mean, he has type 1 diabetes. Um so he's always, you know, and he's he's never been shy about that. Um, but you know, he he's taking time off, and and rightfully so, he's trying to protect himself and his family, and that's that's admirable in this in this time. But I think you need him there. So I think that it won't be until after he's he's ready and all four members are healthy, and they can literally bust in and make a big storm right from the gate. Right. Uh, so okay. Uh, I mean, that, it, I mean, three, I do three feel, to six months at least. I would say three to I, six I do, months. I, I I do feel like they'd be all four together. So I mean, I'll give you that one. I feel like yes. Um, okay. So let's talk about Keith Lee. How how much longer before he uh, gets the main roster? That guy was main roster ready since day one, in my opinion. I mean, he he burst on to NXT. I think at first he had a little time connecting. He hit, you know, people weren't ready to jump with him just yet. But but once he made that appearance at the Royal Rumble, like you said, and you know, he was part of the, you know, the team at Survivor. He was there at Survivor Series and looked really great. It's you know for uh for his team at Survivor Series. I think I mean he could be any day now, really. You know, even with the belt, he could go up there and show that belt off to the main roster, you know, similar to Kevin Owens did with the NXT championship. Um, you know, I think that he, he could realistically go tomorrow and, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was on SmackDown, you know? Absolutely. Um, uh, Dominic Dijakovic. There you go. There you go. He got it that time. That's good. You didn't forget 10 minutes later. I'm proud of you. Um, I think, yet again, I think he's a guy who could go just about any time, especially because he doesn't really currently have any big feud holding him. He currently doesn't have any championship holding him. So either he could go up to the main roster or he could be the next in line come, um, you know, as far as challenger for the NXT championship. All right. Uh, let's see. Who else did I have on my list I wanted to ask you about? Um, uh, let, let's take a look at some of the women. Uh, I should all name before we move on to the women. Uh, a couple of other names. Uh, we of course, I think Thatcher will stay in here a little bit. Yeah, uh, but I think Thatcher still needs to establish himself a little bit more. And and once that, once the NXT UK brand opens up, I could see him hopping yeah. back and forth between the brands. Yeah. So okay, um, then. Two two more uh, people, Pete Dunn and Kashida. I see Kashida sticking around because he's got to hold down the two of five division. You know he 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 came. You know he seemed as a as a top ballot pick to win that interim championship. 
and he did not um, make it to the finals. So I think he's still going to hang around and be uh, king, you know, be show that he can be the cruiserweight ace um, once once it's all said and done. Um, and your other was uh, I've already forgotten. I was so, that, uh, so excited about. Oh, done. Um, I don't really know. I I don't know how Dunn would fare on the main roster because of his height and his style. Okay, and I, yes, yet again, it comes down to to the size of a guy. He wrestles like he's a six foot four heavyweight. You know, he wrestles like a, like he's a super heavyweight. And uh, is Taz and a good know, comparison? It is, and Taz did poorly. Taz didn't do that great on the main roster, as far as he didn't he didn't go right up and become a top level guy. You know, Taz's only championship was a tag team championship. So I see that kind of effect uh, with him. I, uh, you know, he could have good matches with people. That's not the issue. But I don't see him going and thriving and becoming a big top star um, in the land of the Giants. But, um, yeah, I, think, I, don't, I don't think either of them are going up right away. I would say six months plus for both guys. Right, uh, I, I do. I do think that Kushida will make it to the main roster. Uh, I think that he has something to prove. I don't know if he left New Japan be- too soon before he got the heavyweight nod, or maybe Ghetto and the Bray were not planning on moving him up to heavyweight, and that's probably why he went ahead and left. Uh, but I do. I do think that. Maybe it's possible that he wants to prove that he can uh, he can be a heavyweight. He can he belongs with them. Uh, well, he said that he'll fight anybody of any size. You know that's yeah. why he had the matches with with Cassius Ono and stuff. You know because he wanted to have he wanted to fight anybody of any size. So maybe he does want to kind of try his heavyweight and not only be stuck at being the cruiserweight. You know, ace. And you know it it, it would definitely be a very familiar face for one Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. To have. Uh, and I think uh, having somebody he can relate with with strong style, uh, definitely a benefit. You know, I, I'm not yeah. sure how, uh, I'm not sure how, you know, Nakamura's feeling right now. You know, there's always those rumors, people have talked. Uh, is he going to stay? Yeah. Is he going to leave? Is he going to. But I think yeah. he's in a great spot right now. He, you know, and yeah, bring some of his comrades in, and uh, yeah, let's have some fun. Uh, I think that would definitely be exciting. So now, uh, some of the women of uh, uh, NXT. Uh, so let let's think about Candice LeRae. It, it, will she stay at NXT as long as Gargano is there? I don't know. Like I. Since they don't want to like split up, since they got this new attitude, you know, they don't want to split up married couples and all this. I think she's not going to come up until he does, or within a hand, like within a few weeks, they would have her debut, you know, and maybe, maybe debut separately or debut as a duo. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think she's, she's not going up till Johnny goes up. I don't think they're just going to have Candace go up on her own. And go to SmackDown while Johnny's still there at NXT. What if Johnny never goes up? 
then maybe Candace doesn't either. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Because they don't want to split up married couples, they don't want to put one half on Raw and one half on SmackDown or something like okay. that. I think that they're going to keep them together. All right. Um, they, I mean, they, they do keep the dating couple separate. As we see, you know, Casey is on NXT, Ricochet on the main roster. I don't uh, think so they're together they're, anymore. They're, no? You think they're not? I, I, th- I heard something that I didn't think they were together anymore. I thought Ricochet was with somebody else. Oh, I, I, I had that hurt. Well, our, our resident rumors on relationships is not here in the show tonight. Um, uh, I'm sure she would know who's dating whom. Uh, is that's more along her her alley of things. She seems to have the scoops on that kind of stuff. Eric does have pretty good scoops on that too, usually. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, this, this is true. Um, We're a little more straightforward I, by the books. Yeah, yeah, we we we, we you know we, we mind our own business. There you go. That's what I like to say. Uh, okay, well, Mia Yim, does she go along with Keith Lee? Um, I yeah, well, yeah, I get, I've forgotten. Yeah, I guess you'd have to bring her up, you know, around the same time you do Keith Lee. Um, but I think she's still got a lot of good in to stay in the um in an. NXT because there is still, you know, although the on-screen roster has quite a few years experience, there's still a lot of people that aren't really that experienced as far as the NXT women's roster goes. So I think that Mia is still needed as a veteran presence to help guide people um, and help cultivate talent as she's kind of cultivating her own uh, spot in, in the, in the locker room and, and in WWE. So I think she's she would probably stay a little bit longer unless Keith, unless she gets moved because of Keith Lee. Okay. Uh, two vets, uh, Santana Garrett and Mercedes Martinez. Well, we haven't seen much of Santana except in enhancement roles. She didn't she do one or two for Raw or SmackDown as well? Yeah. Against, yeah. So she's all she's been doing are enhancement roles. That could be all they're going to do for her for a while. Um, I don't. I'm not really sure. And Mercedes, we haven't really seen much of Mercedes since since the uh, since everything went to to the COVID style. Um, so I'm not really sure. I would think same with with Mia that you would keep Mercedes down there to help groom the next you know the next uh, crop of talent. So I don't know okay. if Mercedes would be moving up to the main roster, you know, in the next in the next several months or not. All right. Uh, and lastly, uh, the last two members of the real four horsewomen. I they are they still need a lot of work. They do. Anytime they do. we've seen them on TV, they still look like they need a lot of work. So I don't think they're going on. I mean, they're not even on NXT TV regularly. I think the only way they're going to get on TV is if is if they put them back with Shayna and have them as, as Shayna's uh, running buddies. But to bring them up on their own as a tag team, I don't think they're I don't they're different. I don't know if they're ready. I don't know if they're if they're seasoned enough yet. All right. Um, so that that that's. 
that right there is uh, what we got for Russia. I I do think yeah they are. I I I, I am able to disagree with your points. You bring a lot of uh, good points with these talents, and yeah, I, a lot of questions, right? And I think that yeah, especially the the rest of the four horsewomen, yeah, they do definitely need a little work. And the other ones, I think they're uh, all borderline. Um, where where they go as far as yeah. that's concerned. Uh, yeah. Now, thinking of people from the UK, uh, now, of course, Imperium uh, are tag team champions, so we'll see them uh, longer here. Uh, and, you know, Imperium, is, it, it's got all the gold. That's kind of crazy with, uh, you know, having the NXT tag team championships and with Walter being the uh, UK uh, cha- UK champion, and you know Alexander Wolf having the WXW Shotgun Championship, uh, I think that they'll eventually make the big full-time NXT move. Uh, do you think the rest of uh, Mustache Mountain eventually moves over uh, to NXT proper? Um. <sighs> Uh, pro- maybe. I I really don't know. I see. I'm still not really super sold on those guys either. Um, Mustache Mountain, you know, as far as uh, um, bait and uh, oh my goodness, and uh, whatever. I can't. I can't even remember their names. But I I I'm not really that sold on them. seven. Yeah, seven and bait. I'm not really sold on them, so I don't. I mean, like the cra- the crowd kind of likes them; they seem to like them sometimes. But I think that they're I think they're doing just fine in the NXT UK. And once that brand gets going again, I think that they'll need to be there as kind of veterans veterans of that brand at least. But they may still do jump back and forth, you know, for the for tag belts and 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 such. All right. Uh... I, I, I definitely see Jordan Devlin coming over um, to the to the NXT proper, you know, work with Bauer yeah, some more. With mm-hmm. with having the uh, NXT UK champ or the NXT two of five live championship, championship. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he he's kind of needed somewhat at least. Yeah, he'll need to he drop the progress championship. Yeah, and eventually he'll have to. Uh, you know, have a title unification match with with. Presumably, it will still be El Hijo de Fantasma, but I would assume he will defend that belt. So it could be somebody else that right. uh, Devlin has to face altogether. Absolutely. Uh, as far as the women, uh, three uh, three names to me that kind of stand out: uh, current NXT Women's Champion uh, Kaylee Ray. Uh, Tony Storm uh, and Isla Dawn. Yeah, I think any of them could be, could head over to NXT and end of the, any of them realistically could jump on the main roster. I mean, they're all three very very TV ready. Um, you know, they could they could just bypass NXT altogether and jump right to the main roster as you know as a new breakout star. Yeah. Uh, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting uh, who is is the next one now. Uh, now going back to even a little further, the people who are right now 
uh, on the performance center. Uh, I'm not going to go through a lot of these names. I'm probably well, just going to okay. go. Real, this is, real quick, this is, though. Yeah. The, the news with the performance center was after 30 days, what they at the beginning of April, after WrestleMania, they said, you have 30 days. You have to stay with us. But if you're not being used on TV, after that, you're free to go wherever. So a lot of these people may not may not be with their contracts. That's that's how um, Rachel Rachel Ellering is now listing herself as Ellering again and saying and and put up another PWT store with new merchandise because she's seemingly not going to sit around and wait for WWE to use her once she comes once she's ready from injury. She's ready once places are running shows and she's ready. She's gonna she wants to get in the ring. Um, so I don't know how many of, of those names are still under NXT contract. I don't know if several people are just kind of waiting around going, okay, cool, and other people are ready to chomp at the bit and dive at the independent scene once independent places start running shows again. So just because they're listed right now doesn't mean that they're officially still there. Right. That's why I, I wanted to just get one name out of this just to uh, kind of uh, get your thoughts. And that is, uh, uh, well, probably the the most uh, uh, the, the the name that the most eyes are on, and that is uh, Simone Johnson. I mean, that is definitely somebody they will not just let go, no matter what, because yeah, 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 of course, you know, um, you know, but she is still just very, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, of course. She is just still training, though. I mean, she's probably been in and out of rings most of her life, etc. The life of a re- of a wrestling child, but um, I do think that she, uh, I I think that she's got some probably a lot of time before they put her on TV because they don't want her to come out on TV and end up looking like like she's not the Rock's kid. Okay, they mm-hmm. want her to come out looking like she's like she's the daughter of you know quote-unquote, one of the greatest ever, right? They don't yeah. want her to come out looking like she's still in training. Right. Um, so I think I think she's got a while before she's on television. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know they're going to keep her there as long as she wants to. I, I think that her situation is a little bit different from Noelle's. Well, yeah. Well, yes, of course. I mean, no offense to, the, to, to Mick Foley, but uh, there, there's only one, uh, one rock. And the, the the rock can take his brand anywhere, and, and if, you know, yeah, yeah. So the the rock is a needle mover. Yeah, uh, in every yeah. Sh- way, once once she form. debuts, people are gonna have a whole lot of eyes on her, ready to nitpick every little movement she does. Um, so it's just. Yeah, you want to make sure she's 100% ready by the time she even hits TV for the first time, unless it's like a a battle royal or something and she literally doesn't have to do anything. But at the same time, do you really want to just throw her out in a battle royal and have her debut be in a battle royal and then she not really, you know, then kind of spoil her her big debut? Right. Yeah, they're definitely going to take care of her, make sure that she is uh, 100% ready, ready, ready. Uh, I don't blame him though. Uh, yeah, so that's that'll be definitely interest, uh, 
I, I'm very interested to see how it's all going to work out uh, for Oli Salad. There's a lot of no's. I mean, there's so much you're missing with the with, with the the real crowd out there, the emotion that you get when you see a brand new debut uh, and things like that. I feel like even with the uh, quote unquote uh, crowds that they have now, you know, the fake crowds, I I think that. There's still something that will be missing when somebody comes out and debuts uh, for the first time on the main roster. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what see what we get. Uh, but alas, it is time for uh, our our main event, and of course, you can't have a main event without the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. So yeah, g- give us okay. So he so. Two weeks ago, we did my pick, Diamond Dallas Page, one of my favorites. Last week, we did Daniel Bryan. Brian Danielson um, was Eric's pick. This week, it's Shawn Michaels, your pick. Let's go ahead and you give the introduction of why Shawn, what makes him such a captivating performer to you. Um and then we'll start in on on the five yeah. matches that we watched. Well, Shawn Michaels, uh, since day number one, uh, when I first saw him in a WrestleMania video game, uh, it captivated me. You know, the music, the look, the cockiness, the style. Uh, I mean, just, uh, we're just talking just wrestling. Uh, but then when I first saw him in 1993, you know, and Yes, I, I, a lot of folks do not understand. The first ever wrestling show I watched live and in person was uh, WrestleMania 9. One of probably the most hated pay per views in wrestling's <laughs> lifetime. But it has a, a very, very uh, dear place in my heart. Uh, of course, uh, you know, Sean w- was part of that against. Uh, the Native American Tanka. But you look at Sean, and, and they, you know, you can say anything you want about his attitude. Uh, you, you're talking about one of the greatest wrestlers, performers, entertainments uh, of all times. And you can't choose to highlight a wrestler without highlighting uh, the Heartbreak Kid, the Showstopper, Mr. WrestleMania, the main event. You, you name the name, he he has earned it. Um, so, yeah, I thought, well, one of my other picks could have been Daniel Bryan. So, you know, Eric, you know, did me a solid there. Um, there you go, yeah. And, you know, I, 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 but as far as my four uh, favorite wrestlers of all time, uh, he, he's definitely there at uh, numero dos. So uh, I decided to pick him because I think – uh, you guys would have enjoyed that more than uh, five Hulk Hogan matches. Uh, not, well, no, not on Hulk Hogan, but you guys probably would have knocked some Hulk Hogan. Yeah, um, well, you know, Hulk matches were good for what they were, but they don't have a lot of replay value, so you're correct on that. Mm. Um, Hulk knows how to perform a live crowd, but he's definitely no uh, technical masterpiece. Sean mm. definitely knows how to excite emotions in matches. Um, that's one of the best things he knows how to do is – is through his all the little things, his body language, his facial expressions, his his pacing of matches. He definitely knows how to get you invested um, into some matches. 
Yeah. So I the match that I now I want to go into the matches that we picked before yeah. we get too carried away just presenting about and just dawdling over him. Um, the match I picked was one from the AWA. I wanted to pick an early Sean match, so I found a random one. AWA it was from 1988. Uh, the Midnight Rockers. That was Marty and Sean before they went to WWE. F and became just the Rockers or the New Rockers yeah. or whatever. Even they got their first name dropped. Even they got the first name dropped. They were the Midnight Rockers. They came out to Living After Midnight by Judas Priest. Um, but they were pretty much the exact same characters that they would be in the WWF. But they were in the AWA out of uh, Minneapolis. And um, this was them versus Bad Company. Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka. Unfortunately, DDP, the their manager was not with them at this time. I don't think he was managing them. Um, no, not at this time. At this time, it would come a little later. But I wanted to pick an early Sean match, and I wanted to see Bad Company wrestle, and was hoping that DDP was there with them, but I picked just a little too early. But this match was for the AWA Tag Team Championships. Uh, the Midnight Rockers were the champions going into the match. Uh, due to some shenanigans on behalf of Bad Company, they would not leave the match as the tag team champions. No. Uh, they did leave with some blood uh, in Marty's forehead, however. Yes, yes. They left quite the, the – they drove the ring post into Marty's forehead, which at the time in the AWA was technically a disqualification. Yeah. There was not this hole that we have now where if it happens on the outside, it's not a DQ. It only a disqualification if it happens in the ring. So that would have caused for a disqualification, so they did it behind the referee's back. Um while the referee was distracted um, by uh, by Sean inadvertently um, distracting the referee. But uh, I, yet again, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was a different style than, of course, any Sean matches that you see. Even as the Midnight Rockers in WWF, there was a little more, there's a little more high flying usually with the Midnight Rockers in WWF, yeah. where we didn't get that as much from them in this match. No, but I think in this match we get to see what the the Midnight Rockers were really all about, right? They were a fun, energetic tag team. They came out and and did their thing. Of course, crowd went wild. Yeah, two very young, good-looking guys uh, who excite any crowd and all, all, all the ladies. Uh, so I think, yeah, it, it was a very fun match. It, it wasn't too long. It came in. It highlighted them. Make him look good. You know, you do the whole uh, turnbuckle spot. You get the blood out there. The referee doesn't see it. Uh, of course, your tag team champions lose the belts, but they lose. You know, they, they feel like they didn't lose. And in the eyes of the fans, they didn't lose. They still yeah. serving the champions. They got They're they got screwed out of it. guys. Absolutely. Which is which is also very very much the AWA style. Anytime a big team lost, it was usually under some kind of a, a little bit of chicanery. There was very, very few 100% clean pinfall losses when it came to big tag teams or big singles matches um, in the AWA. But yeah. that the fans still loved it, and they were still entertained. And you heard you know, on the YouTube promo video that we watched, or the one that I had at least, um, you also saw a promo from Sean at the end of the match, um, a very, very fired-up promo that the crowd was just eating up every little word out of his hands. Um, you know, saying, oh, we're going to, you know, you think that we're going to come out here, we're going to be mad, we're going to raise a big stink, and he's like, you're darn right we are, we just got, you know, we just got the tag belts taken from us, it should have been disqualification, and, you know, good stuff all around. Um, and then, I guess, chronologically, 
we go to chronologically. So WrestleMania 10, right? Yeah. So let's lead up to there. So okay. um, let, let, let's get the lead. So AWA, uh, they're tag team champions. Uh, they do their thing. They've got as high as they can. They Vince comes calling. They get through some uh, issues with the uh, Heart Foundation. They disappear. They come back again, though. Um, eventually, after, you know, I guess they got some heat uh, about their attitude. You know, I mean, who's ever heard that with Sean, oh, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, eventually, I know. they come back. The Rockers, uh, you know, do their thing uh, until, of course, uh, you know, we, we get the coconut herd around the world. Uh, at the. Uh, no, it was and the coconut. Gets, that was the wrong was, show. It was the super it was kick the face through, the world at the barber shop. Face through the window, right. yeah, and then the face yeah, through the, the window. Shop. I don't know why I was thinking about Piper and Snooker <laughs> this time. Uh, <laughs> wrong. Uh, I, I I think I know why, but we, let's not get uh, let, let's not get a sidetrack here. So yeah, yeah. we see the breakup. Uh, Sean goes full heel, becomes a heartbreak kid, brings in Sherry. Uh, wins the Intercontinental Championship, um, and yeah, off to the races. Now, of course, Sean would now lose the technically the Intercontinental Championship because uh, he would be suspended uh, because he failed uh, the wellness test at the time. I guess he got dinged for steroids in 1993, 94. It's not a good time to get. Hot with steroids. Of course, Vince McMahon was going through this whole steroid trial. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, late 1993, he gets cut. Of course, they got to penalize him because otherwise, it's not going to look good uh, for McMahon if he's just letting people uh, get away with this in the middle yeah. of a big trial here. Uh, we're talking yeah. about j- big jail time for Vince McMahon. So, uh, yeah, no, he gets suspended. So then, um, you know, Razor Ramon uh, wins the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, I can't remember if they had a battle royal for it. I feel like they I, had a battle royal, but I can't recall actually. I, yeah, they didn't um, really specify in commentary yeah. how Razor had won the belt. So, so eventually, though, uh, Razor Ramon is, uh, you know, is the champion. Then Sean comes back and. He claims he's still the champion, and well, uh, they there's only one way to uh, to be able to determine who the one true champion is, and they're technically quote unquote first ever ladder match happens. Of course, a ladder match happened before with Bret Hart and somebody else who I cannot remember right now uh, in the house show. I guess they they were trying this out. Uh, I think it was with Brett, but I can't remember. Uh, it sounds like a, a, a Brett thing. Uh, but, yeah, so here we go. WrestleMania 10, the first ever ladder match. Shawn Michaels, the bad guy, Razor Ramon. Of course, Shawn Michaels has Big Daddy Coot Diesel on his, uh, by his side. Uh, they had yet to win the uh, tag team championships. Uh, but here we have... Uh, two belts uh, held up at the top and one very fleecy ladder, of course. Now yeah. it's not like there's 10 ladders all over. No, there's only one ladder. Yeah, there was just uh, the one ladder. Yeah, so they had to go with it. So, yeah. So, 
it, it was fun to rewatch this match, of course. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the moon scene around the world, which is still not edited on the WWE Network. Uh, but yes, uh, WrestleMania 10, here we are. Ladder match, the first ever, and, and you know, of course, it was the first, so we got to start with this in his WWE career. Uh, what do you think about it looking back? Looking back, there's, you know, there's parts of it that seem kind of tame because we've seen so many ladder matches over the years since then, you know, even the Hardys and Dudleys and, you know, the the money in the bank comes, every, you know, all the, you know, every year now. and But this was entirely revolutionary to literally be beating up your opponent with a ladder. Um, and they did that. I mean, Sean literally multiple times picked up the ladder and slammed it onto Razor. You know, there were several times that Sean was thrown off when they were up there towards the top, at, you know, uh, at the end, and Razor pretty much just hip-tosses Sean off the ladder, and then the ladder kind of falls, and, and he has to, Razor has to kind of get his way back up. But um, a lot of stuff that were very, very, very dangerous for this time period. Um, you know, that, that guys, I don't, it's not like they had a whole lot of time to practice a lot of these maneuvers, but that ladder was, yeah, it was the one ladder and it got pretty beat up. Um, yeah. But I mean, was, come on, how, how many ladder matches are you see where a wrestler moons the entire crowd on live TV? Well, that too. Um, yeah, that's definitely not something that happens nearly as frequently either. Especially no. then, where he moons the crowd and then drops the elbow from the top rope. Um, yeah, Sean got away with showing his butt a lot throughout his career. Um, I think I've seen Sean's butt more times than I than I really really care to throughout the course of my life. Um, never in my life did I sit around and say, "Huh, I wonder what Sean's naked butt looks like." But I know what Sean's naked butt looks like, and that's thanks to him seemingly taking any opportunity he could get to to show it off. Well, be it in Playgirl or in matches where somebody grabs his tights and they pull down a little bit, or he pulls them down to kind of moon somebody. Um, I've seen Shawn Michaels' butt way more than than any probably any other man that I can think of's butt, um, and that's just that's just a shoot, brother. Yeah, uh, th- this match is really really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I definitely ahead of time they they definitely did things. Uh, of course, they will eventually be surpassed by many other talent. Uh, yeah, they will become a commonplace, time, really. Yeah, but they set standard. And, man, uh, as good as Racer is and was, you got to give it up to Sean here. Uh, one of the reasons why I thought this was the better of the, the two ladder matches, man, being that it was the first one played a big importance, I did think this was the better one, but... You look at you know Sean though his mannerisms his his everything the his performance even his reactions uh, of course Diesel would get sent back to the back after interfering but then when you get you get Diesel's uh, Sean solo and you need when he falls out of the ladder into the ropes and manages to tangle his leg on the rope. Yeah, crotches and, himself and then yeah. tangles his own leg. Then tangles his own arm as he's trying to untangle his legs. Right. And and that's that right there is skill. You gotta think about it, right? So okay, Sean's responsibility is to be able to keep himself trapped as much as he can while Razor climbs the ladder and grabs the belt. Yeah. You know, you know 
and I, you know, we don't know what it is like to be tied around those ropes. It could be very easy to get out of. Yeah, played or it along could with be it. rather hard. Yeah, he made but it seem played, as though it was yeah. extremely difficult. Absolutely, and you know, he was fighting to get out of the ropes, and when he fought his foot out, then he realized Razor needed more time, so immediately gets his hand. Yeah, gets me. his arm thrown in there right. where his leg was in order to keep him for taking more time yeah. before he before Razor was ready for him. Yeah. So big performance, of course. Razor Ramon, the bad guy, uh, wins the championships. Uh, it is the undisputed Intercontinental Champion. Um, for for me, though, we will move on fast forward a couple of years. Uh, you know, Sean, uh, you know, and Diesel continue to battle Re- Razor for the Intercontinental Championship. Eventually. The, the the two dudes with attitudes win the tag team championships. Of course, the super kick once again uh, breaks up the team. Uh, they break up. Sean to become a team already, huh? Yeah, Sean becomes uh, uh, the number one contender uh, of, for at WrestleMania 11 by winning the uh, Royal Rumble uh, and uh, fails. Gets hurt, leaves, comes back, becomes a good guy, goes on to uh, feed up with uh, a bunch of bad guys, wins the 1996 for a Rumble, uh, brings in Jose Lothario uh, to help him fulfill his boyhood dream, becomes champion at WrestleMania 12 in a 60-plus Ironman match against Bret Hart, and then... The, the the year of Shawn Michaels as the reign of Shawn the champion uh, in 1996 brings us to our next show uh, in your house man mind games of course this comes off the heels of SummerSlam where um, mankind had just wrestled the Undertaker in uh, a in a boiler no, boiler, no, it was a boiler room brawl match. They started in the boiler room and they led to the ring where eventually uh, Paul Bearer would turn on The Undertaker uh, to give uh, Mankind the win. Sean, of course, uh, had his buddy Psycho sit on his side during this time uh, after the Ultimate Warrior disappeared for the 100th time. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, Vader, of course, uh, was terrorizing everybody. And here, uh, in the summer, he was, uh, of course, quote, quote, sort of like friends with, uh, mankind. Uh, he had yeah. his issue with Sean, uh, of course, Sid, uh, we, we also seen later on, but here we are in your house, mind games, Sean Michaels, Versus the deranged mankind. All right, that mankind coming off the huge win against the Undertaker seemed unstoppable. And here we had him challenging Shawn Michaels uh, for the WWF Championship. Now this was Eric's pick. Yes. So I know he picked it because he said it was not. It was it was unusual for a Shawn Michaels match. It was Absolutely. not your typical. Michael's match. And that's what I liked about it too. This was my favorite match of the five we watched um, for that reason. As you saw, a very, very different side of Sean. It was a much more brawling side. 
you know, Sean was for most of the match was working over the leg of mankind, trying to make him submit. And there was a time when he was working over the fingers. He was trying to break the fingers so that he, so that he would take away mankind's best weapon of the mandible claw. Um, you know, yet again, it, we're at the point now where if it happens outside of the ring, it's not illegal. Um, you know, as they used chairs, they used, they put each other through, you know, they went to the announce table. They used the sto- the steps several times. Um, there was a lot of brawling on the floor, including, you know, his famous cactus elbow and the, uh, slide out into the swing and neck breaker. Um, you know, a lot of stuff that you don't normally see out of Sean as well as when, uh, after he pulled the hair down on mankind and mankind hit the floor and then Sean threw the mats over him and was literally like doing double stomps, jumping and stomping on him while he was under the mat, um, just kind of crushing him. And you just, I mean, there was a little bit of a Sean tantrum at one point. I don't know if you caught it when he was supposed to do his backflip thing and mankind didn't go out and he kind of ran over. He's like, what are you doing? And he got, got a little tantrumy and kind of threw some stiff shots, but mankind wasn't going to have that. You can't shoot a guy like him. So uh, yeah. it, it kind of you know got a little a little rough back and forth for a bit, and then they kind of settled back more into a match. But um, the promo before by Sean I thought was good too because it seemed like he kind of didn't care, but at the same time like it seemed like he couldn't stay focused. And uh, and I think that was a good point that the commentators were putting over is that it didn't seem like a usual Sean promo. He didn't know. He seemed kind of a little tentative. He didn't know what he was going to do because he's a he's a finesse wrestler, and that is exactly not the kind of match you're going to get into against mankind. Um, you're not going to be able to have that kind of match with him because he's not that kind of wrestler. He's just going to go out there and fight and hurt people. He's a brawler, um, and you know he had just beaten the Undertaker, which is huge, you know. And so he seemed like you said mankind seemed unstoppable going into this. Um, but I really enjoyed this match. It. It was a lot longer than I thought it was. I it had been so long since I'd seen this. Um, I had forgotten about all the finish. You know, it it ends up ending in a disqualification when Vader runs in after Sean hits a super kick into a chair. Vader runs in and Sean brawls with him. They disqualify. They throw the match out. Um, Sean knocks Vader out of the ring, and then Psycho Sid is there, and Psycho Sid b- brawls away with Vader, and then uh, Mankind and and Sean continue to fight. And then once mankind has the upper hand, he has Sean down and he's going to roll him into the casket that he came out in. And who's in the casket now, but the undertaker and the undertaker brawls with mankind. And, and then Sean stands tall by himself and poses with his championship. Um, crazy finish to the, to the end of the match, the end of the pay-per-view that, uh, but the fans were all for it and everybody went crazy and it helped set up stuff that was happening, you know, the following next several months as the, the mankind undertaker feud would continue and it still protected Sean, but it still protected mankind as showing no matter what Sean did to him. He, you know, Sean nearly tried to break his leg. He tried to break his fingers. He smashed his head with a chair and mankind still didn't stay down. Um, yeah, it was really a fun match. Uh, I, I definitely remember, you know, it's one of those kind of crazy matches. Like, man, how is Sean gonna get out of this? One? You know, it's definitely yeah. not Sean. That was kind of the whole was, point. Yeah, yeah. Sean, you know, this match was like out of left field, and for Sean, a very dangerous match because Sean is not a brawler, and he proved though that he couldn't go and yeah, 
I, I, you know, for a moment there, it got a little stiff and it got a little bit too real. But I think uh, Sean realized, <laughs> excuse me, that he wasn't going to be able to keep up with mankind if things got real. All right. Yeah. Man, man, well, mankind, yeah. Has, mankind has lost an ear in the ring and kept on going. If yeah. Sean wanted to go that route, it, it wasn't going to be real pretty for Sean. Uh, but, yes, I think that it was definitely a great performance for both guys. We knew what to expect out of uh, Mankind. And Sean definitely uh, came out and uh, showed why he's one of the best. And in a type of match that's not necessarily his forte, uh, he, de- he definitely uh proved uh, that he could do it. And so with that, um, so he's victorious. Uh, and we head on to SummerSlam that year. No, SummerSlam. Survivor Series that year, uh, where then he goes and uh, loses uh, the WWF Championship to Psycho Sid. Uh, we'll go back and retain it at his hometown of uh, of San Antonio at the Royal Rumble to then lose his smile. Uh, so Shawn Michaels loses his smile in 1997, and with that, the title, he goes away, uh, eventually comes back, and comes back with an attitude. DX is formed. Hillison hates Bret Hart. Bret Hart hates him. The Montreal Screwjob happens. Then Steve Austin comes and rises up, and uh, challenges the Generation X and Shawn Michaels, especially, and of course, we know Shawn Michaels is dealing with a terrible back injury. Uh, with, so he ends up losing the belt uh, to uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, but at the same time, uh, he, Shawn Michaels ends up it, retiring from the WWF uh, because of his uh, herniated discs. Uh, never to be seen again, technically, at least in a wrestling ring, uh, performing, or so we thought. But then 2002 happens, and uh, the heartbreak kid has been healed. Uh, he comes to 2002, and with a fury, challenges Triple H, becomes WWE champion, uh, goes on to uh, continue to feud with Triple H on and off, uh, from from there, uh, he moves on to uh, other other feuds uh, with uh, oh, Randy I forget. Orton. Chris Benoit. You... Yeah, re- yeah, Randy mm-hmm. Orton. He redacted. They have like triple threat matches for redacted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Triple H. He uh, feuds Eventually... with Jericho. Yeah. Feuds with Jericho, and then he would yeah. eventually reform Degeneration X with Triple H. They would eventually right. sow they, they their, that, uh, yeah. sow their, their old oats, I think. bury the hatchet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so we get that. Uh, Sean uh, has uh, feuds with, with Kurt Angle, uh, and the Hulk Hogan match at SummerSlam happens that everybody would yeah. like to forget about. Um, then uh, you know, we continue to see uh, Sean and Triple H do their thing uh, uh, as and 
that all leads us to uh, them, the ex, uh, feuding with uh, Vince McMahon, the whole God thing, or I think that happened late. No, that happened soon thereafter. Uh, the whole uh, God and Shawn Michaels versus the McMahons, uh, the, and, of course, the Spirit Squad thing. And, oh, goodness. You know, the, and then we get, you know, DX and rated RKO. Uh, but then it, they, we, we get to uh, 2007, um, and in January of 2007, Shawn Michaels and then WWE champion John Cena uh, become tag team champions. But they're not really friends, right? Um, no, they're, they're, I mean they're they they you know they're both good guys. And, uh, yeah, they just happen to win the championship. They defeat Red RKO. But of course, you know, we know how things are <coughs> excuse me, with Sean and tag team partners. Yes. Um, it doesn't always end well. Uh, well, uh, we get a triple threat match between uh, Randy Orton, Edge, and Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels wins to become uh, the number one contender for the uh, WWE Championship. Uh, I, and so wrestle, so that brings us to WrestleMania 23. We get John Cena defending the championship against the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels. Well, you you hear very mixed. This is kind of in that era where we were first still hearing the mixed reactions for Cena. Um, you know, Cena was getting a lot of boos and a lot of hatred. And a lot of those people were siding now with Shawn Michaels. But this going in, this was still very much a, you know, good guy versus good guy, fan favorite versus fan favorite kind of match. Um, but they did a lot of things that you don't see anymore. For starters, it was still the FU. It was still the STFU. Both guys bled heavily. Shawn bled quite early, actually, and continued to bleed. Um, John Cena took a pile driver. On the steel ring steps, bled from the top of his head. Um, you know, uh, and the the finish that eventually put uh, Sean down was a variation on the STF where he was basically choking him to death. He basically had turned it into like the STS, like the sleeper hold variation of the STF. And was choking, had his arm right across the windpipe of Sean and was putting him to sleep. Um, not things that you would normally see in WWF in 2020. Um, or w- WWE in 2020 at this point. We had we had gotten the F out and I missed it. But um, once again, uh, one of those matches that I was kind of going, okay, whatever. I'm not going to be too excited going into it. But as the match went on, they drew me in. And I got really invested. And... Um, Ended up actually enjoying this matchup. And, you know, there was some shenanigans with the first referee going down and then the second referee having to come out and getting involved. And um, But it was it was a I, – I enjoyed the match um, when I kind of thought, eh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Um, but it was those – it was all because of the little things and the timing and the placement and the pacing and um, – but you know, as soon as early, kind of early, about halfway through the match, when John Cena starts hitting his five moves of doom, you could hear the crowd. You know, a good portion of the crowd start booing him. You know, he hits the one shoulder block, boo. Hits the second shoulder block, boo. You know, hits the uh, 
the the proto bomb boo goes five knuckle shuffle boo you know like they just get louder and louder and then he ends up not hitting the at the fu at the time um and hits would hit it later but um one of those matches that you know they hit both guys hit their their big moves several times and and were still able to kick out um like like you only do at wrestlemania you know um but it was it was a very you know i like i said i really enjoyed the match yeah uh you know uh, my my first pick for you know the matches to see was uh the wrestlemania 10 ladder match but uh, this match was one that you know that we all came up with, and we're thinking which show. And I suggested this one. Uh, by by 2007, you know, Sean was ready to retire. Right, he again, was getting yeah. close. He had already done his. Uh, he he was you know, he he knew that his time was coming to an end. Um, and I think that you know we were leading. I think. Uh, he had yet to have his fake retirement yet. That's a little bit later. Um, but here we get a show. Michaels is already stopped. She's already missed the WrestleMania. He's the main event. He's everything. He has nothing to prove. Now it's all about uh, the new guy. And, you know, John Cena, I think at this point, he, you, you know, he needed to see what it took to be the man. And he need to go against uh, Mr. WrestleMania. And, you know, I love WrestleMania matches that keep the crowd uh, going no matter how long. You know, you, you can tell when a crowd is exhausted. I've been a part of a crowd that has been exhausted because a match is so long. Usually with Shawn Michaels matches, you don't get that exhaustion. You get exhausted because of how much you're cheering, not because this match has gone too long. And yeah, the crowd was excited. I was excited watching the match again. The whole entire thing, you know, they they all the false finishes, um, all you know, the facial expressions again. You know, he, you know, he Michaels was bleeding uh, tremendously, and you know, the, the ref bump and who's gonna win? I mean, because you know, it's Shawn Michaels, right? You expect him to be to come out on top. He has knocked up every single giant in front of him. John Cena is just another name. Uh, but, man, John Cena showed uh, that he could go. Uh, and I think this is one of the matches that that I went, you know, Cena the entertainer to really Cena the worker. Um, and I think that, to me, uh, this just elevated John Cena I mean, I, we all knew he was the guy, but you know, after this, really, to me, he was like the the guy. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I think the match was fantastic, and I loved every minute of it because uh, you know this was kind of to the end of his uh, first like main WWE championship reign uh, since what he defeated JBL early uh, like 2005 for the belt but you know he went from John Cena the wrestler the champion to uh, the you know an icon I think uh, after this and yeah but so then we go ahead Sean then goes on 
to feud for, with Cena a little longer, of course. Eventually, super kick Cena. Uh, they lose the tag team championships. <laughs> yes. Turns uh, on his partner yeah. once again with the super kick. Who would have thought? Yeah. yeah. I think he would have at this point, it. wouldn't you? Um, so then he's on, he goes on to uh, do his whole retirement thing, which leads to uh, Jericho punching Michaels' wife that leads them into a, uh, you know, a feud, a match. Uh, then we get uh, the whole shenanigan that I still want to forget with, like, the brief time that he was, like, one of, like, JBL's crewies. Oh, uh, no, I, I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah, that, that, like, that happened quickly. And then eventually he would become, uh, he would earn a title match against The Undertaker. Um, uh, that uh, to wrestle the Undertaker for uh, at WrestleMania, uh, of course, wrestle, the Undertaker now being sixteen and O uh, in Mister WrestleMania here, uh, looking to make it sixteen and one. So Shawn Michaels, the Undertaker, WrestleMania twenty five. So this would be this was the first of their their two matches. Yeah. Okay. So this was yes, this was the first of their two match. What would be their two matches? Um, Sean was hadn't really wrestled regularly, I guess, as much. He was kind of on his way towards retirement, but was still was wanted to do one thing that had always eluded him. And that was defeat. He wanted to do one more big thing. He, you know, he's been Mr. WrestleMania. He's won the Royal Rumble and, you know, multi-time WWE, you know, FWWE champion. Um, but there was one thing that eluded him, and that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to break the streak. This is still early when they're talking about the streak and breaking it as being an accomplishment in itself. Um, so that was what Sean was trying to do, and. I mean, there were some. They did so much in this match, but still enough left that they could go and revisit it next year. Um, it was. I mean, it's just almost just like so much that I don't even want to know where to start as far as uh, what to talk about. Well, th- this was my match, uh, my favorite match of the five. Um, at, at this point, okay, we have two guys who, well, surprisingly, so we we say this, but. You know, over ten years later, the Undertaker's still wrestling. You, yeah. you, this could have been the end for both of them. They, you know, it seemed like both of them were in the end of their careers. Um, yeah, that's true. And of course, they they, they go on to wrestle in a tag team match uh, ten years later. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's forget about that one against right? each other. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. But um, here we go, Undertaker and uh, Shawn Michaels. I mean, they have nothing to prove. To anyone, not even to themselves, they've done it all. Uh, Shawn Michaels, well, yeah, like you bring your point. He has defeated the Undertaker many times, but not at WrestleMania. And you know, if not, if if anything, you know, Shawn uh, needed that. He needed to have a win against. He needed to break the streak. I mean, he was Mister WrestleMania. And well, he, he did not. He lost. But man, the way that it happened, 
like every fit, false finish was so emotional, and you know we saw them do everything: super kick, Hell's Gate, the last ride. Um, not one, but two tombstones. And and man, Undertaker's reaction after that, after Sean kicked out of tombstone, uh, the, and that was a, a weird, just, you know, like when Sean like fell out of the ring but held his hands and brought himself back a la Sean, like he always does. And, yeah. you know, somewhat imperfectly, but, you know, great timing. Undertaker catches him and turns it into a tombstone. And, you know, then Sean kicks out. I'm like, Undertaker's like, what do I have to do? I'm like, I thought I already sold my soul to the devil. What else do I have to give to yeah. uh, beat this man? And, you know, it's like uh, the dive over the top rope by the Undertaker and then Sean pulling the camera guy in front of them. And, uh, oh, my God, that was fantastic. I mean, the Undertaker able to move like that, at, you know, in 2009. Goodness gracious! I think that uh, look, you said the, the dimension of the streak was still somewhat uh, just starting to be highlighted. I mean, I think that this brought you know the Undertaker into that the WrestleMania matches are something special kind of feel that that that, that they weren't there just just yet. Uh, and now you look back at the streak, you know. A fantastic run, man! These two guys—they made me feel things in, in in every way. I loved it. Uh, Shawn Michaels and Neil, especially because they, like, like I said earlier, it, it felt like they were both near the end of their careers, uh, and for them to put that type of match at WrestleMania in in front of that crowd—I think it was in Detroit. If I'm correct, or I could be mixing up WrestleMania. Uh, I, I I don't don't I I'm not one to really remember cities and a lot as far as wrestling. No, 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 they, oh, no. This was Houston. Wrestle Detroit was 25, 23 with Cena. Uh, okay. This one. Uh, this one was Houston, is what you're saying. So this yeah, was this one was in Houston. Right. Essentially, Sean's hometown. They weren't going to run a show in San Antonio, so right. Houston's well, about as close as they get for Mania. Well, both, both of them being Texans, right? Of course. Well, that's that's this, true. This, Undertaker, being, Undertaker's hometown actually from but, from Death know, Valley in California. Valley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it was it was a fantastic match. Uh, you know, twenty five years of WrestleMania. Some uh, so he, so here's the question I have for you. Most people pick the second match as the better of the two. Why do you pick the what? What to you makes the first one better than the second? I feel like I, the second one was great, but I think that they they tried to do things differently as to not because they would never be able to replicate the first one. Um, I just thought that this one. Well, first of all, it was the first one. Second of yeah. all. Uh, you just don't know uh, how it's going to has to go to end. I mean, the second one you knew how it was going to end, right? Sean was leaving; he's done. But in here, it, it, there was so much more emotion. There was actually a believability, believability factor uh, that Sean could win. He had been there taken many times. And because they they had done so much stuff, 
that they hadn't done in the previous matches, I, to me, it was just like mind blowing. I still love the second one, uh, but I give the first one because, hey, it was the first one, and man, of the two, and it, it just brought up a lot more emotions. Second one was more emotional for me because I was just waiting to see the end, right? I, I was just waiting for, to the eventual end. But man, that 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 first confrontation, uh, fantastic. Okay, absolutely fantastic. Point. Yeah, I think a lot. Like I said, a, a lot of people picked the second one because there was more to it. Sean's career was on the line. Um, you know, could he do it? You know, he couldn't do it the first time. Could he change his strategy and and beat the Undertaker? Um, but I think we picked a good five matches that showed yep. different periods throughout Sean's career, you know, starting with, with the AWA and the Midnight Rockers, then going through, you know, his Intercontinental title run, you know, time and moving into his time as WWF champion, you know, then he goes away, comes back, you know, against, I mean, his match with Cena was essentially kind of a passing of the torch in a sense. Yeah. Where absolutely. he was checking to make sure that Cena could be the guy to carry the company, and he has been and up until the last year or two where Cena's been very, very scarce. You know, John Cena was the guy carrying all of WWE. Um, and, you know, into his, his, you know, what would be one of his last matches uh, with WWE, you know, for the, yet again. He's retired multiple times, came back, but what happens in Saudi Arabia stays in Saudi Arabia, so we don't want to talk about that. But um, no. I think we picked a good five matches. So, now comes to what do we have possibly as our as our next series of retro well, stuff. Well, before we do that, let's give this okay. five matches a grade. Okay. Okay. I go B plus because um, I really like the mankind because it was a different type of Sean. And then you see the raise the ladder match, you see that you know, we saw the first one, not the second. Um and then you know we see Cena, we see so we see several of Mr. WrestleMania. So I go ahead and give it a B plus. Well, I give it a uh, a half plus. Okay, I, I would give it an A plus if we had taken like truly like I feel like we got five great Shawn Michaels matches, but maybe not his best five matches. I think there are a few other matches out there that could be disputed at his best matches. Uh, yeah. Some that we were not going to talk about. I mean, there, there's some of importance, right? We could talk about Sean uh, in the Royal Rumble, but, man, those matches are so long. You know, we could have talked about the second uh, the second Undertaker match. We could have yeah. talked about the hour-long match with... Yeah. The Iron Man match with Bret Hart, which too long. Yeah, uh, we could have done uh, the Montreal Screwjob, but man, that's been talked about yeah. for ever. Uh, yeah. We could go with the Steve Austin match, uh, his last match, you know, at WrestleMania in uh, 1998. Uh, we could have talked about his uh, matches in 2002 when he returned and won the WWE Championship. Um, we could have talked about, you know, more an emotional. Piece. We could have talked about him uh, retiring, uh, uh, retiring um, Ric Flair. Uh, we could have talked about him 
uh, you know, in many other instances. So could we have gone a whole different way? I, I think that to me, there are a lot of matches we could have looked at uh, and uh, would have been uh, uh, A plus for me, but A half plus uh, is what I'm going to give it based on the matches we saw. Uh, great matches nonetheless. Uh, and, but yeah, to your point, what is next, Amy? Um, what should well, be we, next? We talked about a couple different things, um, but we we hadn't really decided on anything as of yet. We talked about possibly picking like a, a woman's wrestler and having her do five matches of her. Or we talked about doing uh, picking kind of women's wrestling as a genre and each each of us picking one of our favorite women's matches and kind of contrasting and comparing, you know, the different performers, why we like this match versus other matches, etc. Um, but we kind of were agree- leaning towards that um, that it's uh, that it's time to do something for women's wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think that we we should highlight women's wrestling, um, and maybe not just one week. Maybe we'll give it two weeks. I think we're gonna go back to the drawing board and and kind of. Uh, Figure out what the what what the some of these matches that have that, that we like and see uh, you know we could give it one, two or three shows uh, because there's a lot of great talented women that we also don't want to focus on one era or yeah. one genre. So we kind of want you know of course there's the new women's evolution, uh, but there's also the divas. Uh, uh, era uh, and there's the 90s era where there was really no division, but a lot of great talented women wrestlers. Uh, of course, there's uh, a lot of great matches uh, from uh, from Japan where a lot of great Japanese wrestling matches have happened by women. So there's a lot that you know we'll definitely discuss. But I think for right now. Uh, for the next week or two, maybe three, uh, we're gonna come up with some great matches that we enjoy, and and, and it's time to uh, highlight the the women uh, and give them their due. Agreed. So that that's what we will do next time. The question is, will Eric be here? Wow. Yeah. Will Eric be will here? Mika will Mika be we, here? Will we ever hear from Mika Villas on the? on the FOW radio show ever again. It seems like it's been so long. Yeah. Uh, no one knows. Only time will tell. However, when you find out, make sure you are listening live on Podbean here, FOW Live, each and every Thursday, unless something happens and we have a different day, we'll try to tell <laughs> you in advance uh, because that's just exactly what happens. Life happens. But we're always live now. And uh, I keep promising it, and I prom- I'm going to continue to make that promise. These shows will be uh, going on demand uh, soon. Uh, with that, make sure you follow us uh, on the Podbean app, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, to check out all the great content that we already have there. With you know, Even a bunch of times, we did interviews with some independent wrestlers. 
Um, so check that out. Uh, I think one of our very my very early uh, shows uh, when I was just starting this back in 2014 includes a very brief conversation with none other than WWE champion Drew McIntyre. Uh, so check that out on on the archives uh, and. Make sure you also follow us on the on the social media on the Twitter machine at FOW Radio. Danny's on Twitter at Danny F and Danger. Uh, Mika's on Twitter at uh, Mika Villas. Uh, Eric's on Twitter at EJ423X. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. And until next time, keep watching wrestling.